0: Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge.
1: 720 WGN. This is the Lisa Dent Show. I always look forward to Tuesdays because we have a chance to talk with Tom Skilling, it is brought to you by Permaseal Basement Systems. Tom, did you play the lottery last night? Did you take a shot at a billion dollars? You know
0: what, Lisa? I didn't. Now, you've got to tell me. I'm not even up on the news. Did anybody win that? I'm sure it's been covered all day long. And and I'll tell you, I'm so buried in this climate change thing we're doing that I I haven't even checked. I didn't do it. uh, And I'm kicking myself because I think we all (laughs) at least take a stab at it, don't
1: you? Yeah, I forgot to buy a ticket, too. But no one won the big jackpot. I think locally... Someone won a million dollars, but now it'll be well over a billion for the next go round. I think that's, I don't know, Wednesday or Friday, but I- I'm going to buy a ticket this time, I think.
0: <laughs> I think so, too. I wonder, what, won't it be interesting to figure out what they uh, figured the jackpot finally is? Uh, I know. Wow. It'll be huge. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting.
1: So, Tom, what is an Omega blocking pattern
0: You know what it is? It's a uh, jet stream configuration that takes on the shape of the Greek alphabet letter Omega. And when the jet stream takes on that wavy pattern, it tends to slow down the eastward progression of weather systems. You know, we found a lot of our weather issues and troubles come from blocking patterns. It was a blocking pattern, uh, an Omega-type block over Greenland that sent Superstorm Sandy into the East Coast, uh, you know, back uh, over a decade ago. And omega blocks have been known to support uh, persistent cold waves or heat waves or else uh, abnormally wet or dry patterns. So we take blocking patterns very seriously. And it's interesting you ask about that. Why why have you asked about that? Uh, (laughs) That's Mm -hmm. an interesting question.
1: Well, because I was wondering if that was going to lead to warm weather, if that's what's causing our warm weather this week.
0: Well, you know, it's not quite a uh, an omega block, but let me tell you something. To be heading into this new month of November, which is typically our fastest cooling month, our normal temperatures go from 55 and 40 November 1 to 42 and 29 by the end of the month. It's the fastest dropping month, and we lose about uh, 58 minutes of daylight, though the speed at which the days shorten will slow down now as we go through the month. But um, here we are with 70-degree temperatures at our doorstep for the rest of the work week. And so this is a pretty remarkable way in which to develop. At the same time, Lisa, you're going to be hearing about substantial rains and snows out in the western United States because as we warm up, they cool off. And it's not quite an omega-blocking pattern, but uh, it's this that kind of pattern that leads to these kind of extremes in weather.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I read about these things and I'm like, I'm going to ask Tom Skilling what that is because I have no clue what an omega blocking pattern is. <laughs> but, you
0: know what, I think we're going to give you three WGN weather office uh, uh, meteorology credits just for asking the question.
1: <laughs> but that's a great
0: question. It really is.
1: I think that this has been a beautiful fall. Would you agree with that? I would indeed.
0: And so I think with most other folks, you you know, it's interesting you say that, uh, Lisa, because I've had so many people send pictures saying this is the most beautiful fall they can remember. And, you know, it's interesting. We closed the books on October. And even though October was exactly normal, it wound up being about six degrees cooler than last October. And yet still, I think the abundance of sunshine and the shortage of rain has probably made us feel like that. Uh, you know, seven of the last 10 months have been drier than normal, the last three in a row, as a matter of fact. So, But by the same token, even though we're a little concerned about the moisture shortage, not so much because we're growing things now, but for next growing season, but by the same token, it leads to a lot of sunshine, and I think that raises our spirits. So,
1: so are you telling me it was six degrees cooler on the average last month?
0: Yeah, six degrees cooler than October a year ago. Ah,
1: The month averaged
0: exactly normal for October. So what we just went through, we had 15 above-normal days and 16 below-normal days, so it was almost a wash, and the average temperature for the month was 54 degrees. That's exactly what October averages around here. So, But uh, the month wound up being, even though it was average, Uh, six degrees cooler than October last year and it was unusually warm. So how about that?
1: It didn't feel like it. You're right. The sunshine just picked up our mood and we ignored the cooler temps and embraced them instead. Tom Skilling is with us today. We're going to talk about the clocks bumping back this fall, what that means for your dogs because they're (laughs) still going to want to get up and go out at the exact same time. And there's, there's a hurricane and we'll reveal the name of that. And we're also going to talk about Tom Skilling's Big piece. I don't know what else to call it other than he spent months on it. It's an amazing piece for television. It's called Forecast, a Fragile Climate. It's on WGN News at 9 tonight. We'll talk about that next, but first to check on the weather right now and traffic with Mary Vandeveld. 720 WGN. We'll talk about the new manager for the White Sox coming up after 4 o'clock with Kevin Powell. Get his input on it. And Tom Skilling is with us. He joins us every Tuesday. That was a powerful piece last night, Tom, on Forecast of Fragile Climate, WGN News at 9. And how many months did you work on this climate piece?
0: You know something? Um, We've been at work on this for the last six months. And we've traveled all over the continent, literally. I mean, we went uh, out to NASA Goddard uh, Space Flight Center outside of Washington, D.C., where they build a lot of these satellites that tracks water on the planet, uh, atmospheric gases, ocean temperatures, and air temps. And they also look at ice. And how much we're losing as the planet warms. It's really quite remarkable. And they can do this from space now to an accuracy of a centimeter, which is just a fraction of an inch. So we went out there, Lisa. Then we went out to Lake Mead, which we're going to cover tomorrow night on our report. That's the reservoir behind Hoover Dam that was built across the Colorado River. And it provides water to over 40 million people, including uh, places like Las Vegas, Phoenix, San Diego, Los Angeles, uh, you know, we get a third of our fresh vegetables from Southern California. They have to irrigate out there. We get two-thirds of our fruits and our nuts from Southern California, and they irrigate for all that. Uh, a bunch of that water comes from Lake Mead, but they've got real issues out there. Um, they've had a terrible drought going, and even though they had a wet Monsoon season. Lake Mead is only a quarter capacity. It's down 170 feet in the last, well, since 2000. Wow, that's like uh, an 18 story drop. But the federal government may, may have to step in and and pose impose limits on water usage because uh, they're short of water out there. They're just not keeping up with it.
1: And so, if you impose water limits on farmers, that affects all yeah. of us on the price of fruits and vegetables.
0: It does i I mean you know this is critical now they pump groundwater out to irrigate, but that's a finite supply. You can only pump it for so long, and then the uh, you know the aquifers go dry so um they've got a real issue out there, and um, they they know it. We talked to the water commission people out there, and they are not hiding it at all. Do you know that they spent one point two billion dollars in Las Vegas? To put in uh, 34 pumps that reach deeper into fast declining Lake Mead to get water for Las Vegas. That's the largest single expenditure by any city anywhere in the world, and they're being watched by communities all over the world, because uh, we're not alone in having to adapt to this uh, changing climate. And they built that area up so much that, uh, and they continue building it, Right. That one wonders how they're going to meet the demand.
1: And all those tourists and all those golf courses, it's just, it, it seems like a disaster in the making. Um, we encourage you to watch Tom's piece tonight, Forecast of Fragile Climate, on WGN News at 9, last night, you had two scientists from Alaska. This is what they were saying about the glaciers. We're only you know, probably about uh, 11, 12 miles away from uh, going into the ocean right here. So the water that's melting from Exa Glacier and the Harding Ice Field is flowing into the ocean and you know, contributing to sea level rise um, a- across the globe. If you've got less ice on land, you've got more water in the ocean.
0: So if you're in California, if you're in Florida, if you're in New York, You know, a a sizable contribution of the sea level rise is coming from the glaciers.
1: So they're talking about the sea level rise coming from the glaciers. Tom, how long before that impacts the homes that are built on coastlines, especially on the West Coast? Oh, it's
0: already happening, Lisa. You've got problems. Do you know they figured Superstorm Sandy, the storm surge that it sent into New Jersey and New York, flooded the New York subway system. Um, that probably reached uh, into 35,000 homes that otherwise wouldn't have been reached had the sea level not risen, the four inches it's written, risen. And that doesn't sound like much of a sea level rise, but the problem is these storms come in and they blow the water up against the coast. So you get more of a sea level rise than that. And, you know, look at the problems they're having in Florida. Uh, You know, they have sunny day flooding out there. Uh, you know, there's some question about that condominium building that collapsed. They've uh, they, uh, evacuated another condominium building in that, rough same, that roughly that same area. And they're wondering if the frequent fair weather flooding because of the rising sea levels isn't weakening the uh, foundations on some of these. That's at least one of the avenues they're pursuing on research. So uh, there are some uh, major issues. And what's interesting about that, Lisa, you were talking about us going up to Alaska. Alaska, uh, its melting glaciers contribute more water to sea level rise than Greenland or Antarctica right now. And the reason for that is because they have big storms up there that drop a lot of precipitation at the same time the ice is, is melting. We stood at the foot of one glacier that contributes 99 million gallons of water to the ocean every hour. Uh, and that's just one glacier. Uh, you know, this is going on in the Alps and in Pakistan and areas like that. Uh, so uh, it's it's an interesting issue that we've got here.
1: It is. And you still have many people that do not believe in it and refuse to support it. Hey, there's another tropical storm that is forming and could become a hurricane. You know the name of that one?
0: Yeah, I, I do. It's one of my favorite names, Lisa, <laughs> uh, I'll tell you. Are you? Uh, let me tell you. Do you take any pride in the fact that you got what could be a hurricane? It'll be a minimal hurricane, but you know those things go on shore with terrible flooding. And this will go into Belize. This is not going to affect the United States, but it'll affect Central America. And um, but I, I, you know, a lot of people kind of are thrilled by the fact there's a storm named after them. I no, you feel no, of- <laughs>
1: not at all. I mean, can you imagine if your name was Katrina? Or Sandy? <laughs> no. I mean, because every time your name comes up, people go, "Oh, yeah, remember? Yeah, yeah. no."
0: <laughs> it's not a great thing, is it?
1: Tell no, you, I know. No. I could do well, without
0: fortunately, it. it. It's unfortunately by the time Thomas comes up or Tom, you're so late in the season that oftentimes the storms can't be that powerful. But you know, if you got a name like Lisa, you're low enough in the alphabet, uh, the way we name these storms, that you got a flinging chance you'll get a. A pretty respectable storm going in. Thank goodness, though, Lisa, you you could have been a lot meaner to the people in Central America <laughs> than you're apparently going to be. So, Or your namesake storm. Which <laughs> the best.
1: So, Tom, what kind of forecast do we have for the next seven days? What are we looking at?
0: Oh, it is. I, uh, by November standards, this is great. We're talking 70 this afternoon, we're talking low 70s tomorrow. That's Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Um, the south winds that will start blowing each day with gusto, uh, particularly Thursday and Friday, less we'll some 30-mile-an-hour wind gusts, will plug into gulf moisture, so we're going to bring more clouds up. And there might be a scattered shower uh, with cloudier skies on Friday, but it will still be windy and mild, and there's a better chance of showers and thunderstorms Saturday, Saturday night. And then they should pull out of here early Sunday And there are signs we may temporarily drop the temp a little bit late in the weekend, early in the week, but warm back up again before we get colder air late next week. And even it doesn't look like it's going to stick around. So it's not a bad forecast uh, for uh, what is normally the coolest month of the year.
1: Not at all. Thank you for joining us, Tom. We'll be watching WGN News at 9 for your forecast of fragile climate. I'm so excited to see this piece play out over the course of the week
0: thanks for talking about it, Lisa, and getting the word out, and you have a marvelous day. It's always fun talking to you.
1: I look forward to it every Tuesday. Steve has your news coming up next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom, and then we'll run down some of those tips. If you have a dog, you share a house with a dog, they don't care about the time change. They still want to get up and eat at the time. You do that every day, except this weekend's going to change, so a few tips about that on the way on 720 WGN. Chicago's you. Oh.